are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only ten I see. I don't know. Maybe I just like that because I'm from the South. I think there's a place for flirting most anywhere. I try to include flirting in everything I do. <laughs> Hi, I'm Molly Anders. And I'm Ella Torrance, and you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. For this week's episode, we'll be talking about flirting, the where, why, and most importantly, the how. So before we really dig into the psychology of flirting, we do have a short message from our sponsors. So first we have Elm Coffee Roasters, open in both Pioneer Square and South Lake Union, for takeout and soon indoor seating. Order coffee and more at elmcoffeeroasters.com. If you are looking for a place to live this fall with student-friendly amenities, spectacular views, and that's walking distance to campus, check out the N Seattle. They are the only student living high-rise near UW, and they've recently dropped their rates on all of their floor plans. Visit themseattle.com for more info. My learning strategy is very well refined. I definitely think some people are better at it than others, me being not so good at it. For this week, we couldn't find a professor to interview. We had a lot of trouble finding the real scientific articles about flirting, and it really seems like there's not a lot of research out there, which is kind of interesting. That just makes me think about how taboo flirting is and that no one really understands it. It's kind of a universal thing that everyone does either consciously or subconsciously, but it's not researched. Yeah. Basically, the most detailed information I could get was that your internal states, like being interested in someone, can be accurately conveyed non-verbally through facial expressions. So basically, all the concrete data I got was that flirting can work. But besides that, I think it's it's just kind of biology and there's not a lot of study on it. And just to kind of give some background on how ingrained it is in our socialization, during like the Victorian era, people were taught how to flirt as they were growing up, how to recognize other people flirting with them as just a part of their socialization, which I thought was really funny. That's incredible. Uh, that just kind of emphasized how flirting has become a core part of socialization throughout almost all cultures. And yeah, it's kind of just a universally agreed upon signals that is a basic human instinct almost. So let's start from the basics. Why is it that humans flirt? Okay, why do we flirt? Well, I think, first of all, it's clear that flirting is a biological instinct because as we evolved, obviously the most important thing is to reproduce. So I think flirting initially is just this unspoken language that's used to communicate attraction to meet this biological need. Also, I think it's important to mention that it's generally driven by your emotions and your instinct and isn't necessarily logical. Yeah, and another reason why is just to test the waters with people. Without coming on too strong, you can kind of gauge their reactions and therefore gauge how they think about you. Exactly. There is also some evidence that flirting is 
an indicator of your biological or your psychological health. That can be seen in having a sense of humor within flirting. You know, your wittiness can show intelligence. And also, it can be argued that the part of your brain that distinguishes you from animals, like our complex language and our level of intelligence, it can be compared to like a bird's coloring or like a peacock's tail as it's a method of appearing more attractive. So it's like a courting device, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Very um, primal. Yes. There's also designated places where to flirt. And I think that this is really funny because I never really thought about this before. But there are like appropriate places to flirt and then places that would be kind of really weird if you flirted in those situations. Yeah. So the most socially acceptable place to flirt would be at a party because... The codes for behavior are a lot different at a party. We call this cultural remission. It's, I'd say, kind of the opposite of like a funeral. There are the least social restrictions. And then from there, the second most common place to flirt would be at a bar or a club or a restaurant. And there are definitely social restrictions within this setting. The closer you are to the alcohol, (laughs) basically, the more approachable you seem. So that if you're sitting at the bar, it's socially acceptable for someone to come up to you and talk to you, but the farther away from that you are, like if you're at a table or if you're off to the corner, it definitely isn't socially acceptable to just come up to you. And then also, I think this is kind of obvious, but alcohol has been surveyed to be one of the most effective flirting aids. And then beyond that, schools, universities, work, sporting events, at different places where you do hobbies are also very common places for flirting and while there is more restrictions it's a little bit easier to start a conversation within those settings because of this shared lifestyle absolutely there's like commonalities and I feel like that's a a good way to just start a conversation and to start flirting is to talk about what you know and what you know the other person knows Mm -hmm. so most importantly do you want to move on to the specific ways to flirt yes I feel like that is the most important (laughs) exactly yeah I think that an overarching theme that we saw during our research was that flirting is not necessarily about showing off, but it's about conveying interest. So it's letting someone know that you're interested and you would be open to them reciprocating those flirtatious ideas. Exactly. And also, if you know someone's interested in you, you're a lot more likely to reciprocate those feelings or at least start entertaining that option. Yeah, definitely. I feel like even in my like personal experiences, if I like sense someone's flirting with me, then I'm more inclined to flirt back to them. It makes you more open and more thinking about someone in a less platonic way. Exactly. Before we continue, we do have another short message from our sponsor, Elm Coffee Roasters. Open since 2015, Elm Coffee Roasters is devoted to high-quality coffee that's easy to brew at home and a joy to drink. At our roastery and cafe in Pioneer Square, Seattle, Elm obsessively roasts small batches of coffee that they source with a focus on sustainable practices that lift up the whole supply chain and protect the future of the coffee plant. Elm's goal is to make a truly exceptional cup of coffee, an experience that you look forward to every day. Cafes in Pioneer Square and South Lake Union are open now for takeout and soon dine-in services. Use the code PODCAST at elmcoffeeroasters.com for 15% off your next coffee order. I feel like I flirt like a 13-year-old boy and I kind of like tease the other person and make fun of them. 
I just act kind of vicious by default to any man. I really just am immediately like rude. And then if they pass that with a nice sarcastic remark or something, then they go up to that next level. My favorite way to flirt is to smile, eye contact, giggle. There's a lot of laughing that takes place. It doesn't always have to like lead anywhere. It can be harmless. According to the SIRC, which is the Social Issues Research Center, there are really three different things that impact your first impression of people. So 55% of your first impression is based on their appearance and their body language. And then 38% would be based on their style of speaking. And only 7% of your first impression is about what the person actually says. Yeah. And some actual ways to flirt, one of the most important they say is eye contact. And this is like not staring into their soul, like staring super, super intently, but just like a lot of brief glances and make sure that you're really nodding along and to like what they're saying and like, I feel like eye contact often like initiates that you're listening and you're truly interested to like what that person has to say. There's also touching. There's like a middle ground of like if you touch too hard then that might come across as like weird and aggressive and if you touch too light that might come off as a little like weird and creepy. So there's definitely a an appropriate way to touch someone. Uh, laughing a lot, like the eye contact, it, it shows that you're interested and you, you are enjoying what they're saying and you're enjoying having that conversation. Also, compliments are always good. Like it feels really good to be complimented. It's a good feeling and you're more open to having that conversation with them. Yes, I think it's funny with a lot of these, specifically eye contact and touching, the more you think about it, the weirder you express it. I think when I start thinking about eye contact within my conversations with people, I start getting super uncomfortable and obsessing over it, which kind of goes to show you how biological flirting is. So I think along with that, having open body language is another big indicator of attraction because people do definitely control their facial expressions to be polite, to make people feel comfortable, but oftentimes they can let slip how they really feel within their body language. So that would just be facing people or nodding along, mirroring their body language, leaning in. Those are all kind of subconscious cues that you are attracted to someone or that you're interested in what they're saying whereas the opposite would just show disinterest absolutely and along the lines of being interested it's also kind of important to get past small talk so you do feel connected with that person and i feel like a lot of the times if you're just asking oh like what's your name where are you from like it's very superficial and if you get past that point of small talk then again that person will feel more connected with you and feel like they are able to look at you in a different way than just complete strangers there is something to say about that though in reciprocal disclosure I think a lot of the times there is this awkward social interaction of someone really opening up too much to you and you're just kind of bearing everything that they say or the other way around where they're way too closed off. So that's definitely a social boundary you need to establish with someone. I think with all of these ways, all of these tips for flirting, there's such a duality in every single one of them. There's a way to make it an appropriate flirting behavior and then there's a way to make it way too creepy or there's a way to also just what I've struggled with 
personally is just being nice to someone what's the line of kindness and flirting because sometimes I, I truly am just interested in this person's conversation I'm being nice by making eye contact laughing at their jokes and stuff my intentions aren't for flirting but they might get mistaken that way and I've like talked to a lot of people about this and I don't know everyone I've talked to is, is kind of confused on that line of friendliness and flirtation. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's frustrating that there isn't more data regarding all of this because I think everyone wants to know when someone's attracted to them and everyone has this extra layer of insecurities within flirting and within relationships. And I don't know, I think for me, it's really hard for me when I can tell someone's flirting with me not to reciprocate the flirting because if someone is teasing you, if someone's making direct eye contact and laughing at you, it's, it's not polite or socially acceptable to just disregard these cues. So it's kind of a weird boundary in that I want people to like me. And I think this is definitely kind of a feminine problem. Generally, men often are more likely to perceive friendliness as flirting. But I do want people to like me. And I do think flirting in general is a way to get what you want socially, even disregarding attraction. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like a lot of it has to do with your intention behind it. I had this conversation with some of my roommates and we're talking about flirting with guys versus girls. Oh, like, how do you flirt? What do you guys do? And a lot of it was touching and like being super engaged with the person and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's what I do with my girlfriends that I have that I'm super close to. How's that transition of showing a friend that you love them and you care about them and like how do you show that you have interest and it was like a really interesting conversation of like again like what is flirting and what is just kindness how do you get out of that friend zone and like it's just I don't know it's weird <laughs> yeah that's something I think about all the time because flirting is this biological thing obviously and it is something that people do naturally but can you actually tell when someone's flirting with you i think it's the big question can you actually tell when you cross friendliness and move into flirting and also some people are bad at flirting some people do flirt and i like have no idea you can come off as rude that you're not reciprocating back or like acknowledging that you're being flirted with but like truly sometimes i just don't know <laughs> It is just a question of how am I being perceived by other people? And it's something that, it's something that you'll never really know the answer to. And I get really hung up on it sometimes. Can someone tell if I'm interested in them? How obvious am I being? And it just seems like the kind of thing that from your perspective, you'll never really know the answer to. <laughs> I just wish the data would tell me, but it just isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> this can be our cry out to all the psychologists out there to do more research on this. We're interested and, and we want to know. <laughs> yeah. Moving in a different direction to something a little bit more obvious. First of all, Molly, what is your favorite pickup line and how personally <laughs> do you feel about pickup lines used on you? <laughs> Ooh, I think that just my answer of I don't have a favorite pickup line because I think all pickup lines are kind of useless and I don't think they ever work on me. <laughs> I think actually the best ones are just compliments. I don't know. I feel like those are maybe considered pickup lines because you are, I don't know, hopefully being 
genuine. Yes, and I think that's exactly it. Pickup lines aren't genuine. They're like things you look up on the internet. But actual conversation starters, actual questions, or compliments obviously come across a lot better. Definitely, definitely. And questions, because that keeps the conversation alive. (laughs) Yeah, questions and being a good listener, I feel like, are the two biggest things, along with sense of humor. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I think when you're, like, talking to each other and you find out that you're not really saying anything, you're kind of just, like, giggling and looking at each other. That's, like, the funnest thing. So it's clear that there are a lot of opinions out there about the best ways to flirt or get someone's attention, but with all the data we've sorted through, it seems like in the end it just comes down to biology. There's no special formula that can guide you through a conversation with someone, much to our disappointment. What really stands out within flirting is confidence and authenticity, the ability to put yourself out there and show genuine interest in someone. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm Ella Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders. And that was Dig Deeper.